welcome to episode 255 of Sack Kings Therapy. The Kings, they finally did it. After taking care of business, winning 139 to 114 against the Rockets on their second, not, not the second of a back-to-back um, in the traditional sense, but uh, their second game in a row against the Rockets. And they took care of business. They blew out the blew out the Rockets. They basically op- instead of the fourth quarter where they opened the floodgates uh, last game, it happened in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, it was kind of business as usual, except the fact that Malik Monk and Garrison Matthews, Chemezi Metu, and Tari Eason got tossed. So I guess uh, let, let's let's uh, should, should I go through the game first? Okay, no, let's go through the game first. So the game was. In the first half, it was very, very close. I thought the Kings actually played really well. Or actually, they didn't play well in the first quarter. In the first quarter, it felt like they were out of sync. And like they just had random ass turnovers, but they were always on the brink of just like blowing the game open. And that continued into the second quarter where, you know, they started playing a little better. And then uh, Terrence Davis, I think it was Terrence Davis who sparked it, but sorry, eating a piece of gum. Right now, let me put it to the side of my mouth. I'm not going to take it out. No, that's kind of nasty. But anyways, uh, chewing a piece of gum right now. But anyways, I, I felt like Terrence Davis was one who kind of sparked a bit of a run in the second quarter. Unfortunately, the little mistakes just kept happening. And it just, and it led the, it let the Rockets kind of get back into the game. Um, it And like, also, I thought the Kings were actually playing pretty good defense overall. Or no, the Kings were playing good defense overall, but the Rockets were hitting some ridiculous shots. Jalen Green was insane in the first quarter. I think he was five of six in the first quarter from three, and I forgot what he shot. I think it was like not. I think it was like eight for thirteen or something like that. He was really good in the first half, and yeah, he basically kind of kept. He kind of single handedly kept it close. Didn't help that the Kings were leaving him open for some threes, but he hit some ridiculous ones. So they couldn't really get anything going. Then in the third quarter, things started to come together. The, the Kings, like, they started, you know, getting some, like, forcing some turnovers. Granted, the Rockets were just being stupid on quite a few of them. It led to runouts. It led to it led to threes. It led to, you know, basically the floodgates opened. And, you know, the Rockets were able to cut it to, I think it was 10 or 8 before the, Rock, before the Kings pushed it right back to 20 to go into the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter... They kind of just continued their onslaught. Um, the Rockets had a few plays, but then they turned. I forgot who. So basically, somebody, I think it was Josh Christopher Tarese, and I don't remember, but he throws the ball essentially into the backcourt, and Garrison Matthews is chasing it. Um, Malik Monk is also trying to chase it. He And in the process, uh, Garrison Matthews gathers the ball, but in the process of it, like, gives like uh, Malik kind of a shove. Malik doesn't like that. It basically knocks the ball out of Garrison Matthews' hands. They exchange words. There's a bit of a skirmish. Some people are calling it a fight. It's n- if, if that's a fight, that's ugh. it. Kind of is like regular standard for NBA fights nowadays, where you know there's just some talking. Somebody hold me back. And there might be some pushing and shoving, but basically, um, they get into they get into a bit of a shouting match. The refs, the refs, and everybody has to come in and uh, kind of hold them back. And you know it be, it becomes a bit of a skirmish. Um, in the in the process, Chemezi Metsu kind of comes in and just kind of 
kind of not even like knocks a ref like he just kind of bumps into a ref tari he's in the same way he's trying to he's i think he's trying to get to malik or something but he basically just ran right through a ref and uh so it ends up with malik monk garrison matthews Tari Eason and Chemezi Metsu all being ejected. Honestly, really bad ejections. There were also, um, at least from what I saw, the cameras caught Jalen Green and Jayshon Tate coming off the bench. Kind of not even, not trying to instigate anything. They were they just walked up off the bench. I really just hope they don't get suspended for this because if they get suspended for it, that is some bullshit. Because like, they're not instigating anything. They're not trying to escalate anything. Honestly, I don't even think like the I don't even think like Malik and them escalated really anything. Like this really, I don't think either one of them really really gonna fight. Let's be honest. And you know, it it, it was pretty weak. Anyways, they get ejected. Um, we'll see if there's suspensions uh, following this. I hope not. It was pretty harmless for the most part. It's just competitive fire kind of you know just got went a little too far, but like nothing nothing got crazy. So I think we're all good. I'll say this about Malik. When I when the Kings first signed Malik, I said the Kings got an instigator. They got a dog. And Malik has always been one of those guys that, like, whenever I watched him before he joined the Kings, like, he would always talk massive amounts of shit to Buddy, I feel. Basically, he would just be, he would just purposely be really, really annoying. And I felt like at some point something was going to happen. I was actually surprised he hasn't, like, gotten to more kind of shouting matches or argument matches. He's more of, like, one of those you know guys who teases people more than actually like you know says like really triggering shit i don't know what he said to garrison matthews or like maybe it was like the him knocking the ball off out of out of uh, garrison matthews hands that got him but whatever he did it got garrison matthews off and yeah it started it started this and unfortunately for the most part i think that's what this game is going to be remembered for or it might be remembered for the Montes a bonus having 19 points, 15 rebounds, and 16 assists. The first Kings 15, 15, and 15 games since Oscar Robertson, and I believe 62, if I remember right. I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but it, it's it's been a long time since anyone's had 15, 15, and 15. Not even, uh, not even uh, Boogie Cousins have had that at any point. Like so, you know. Finally, Sabonis gets gets one of his triple doubles. And uh, yeah, all is good. The Kings blow out the Rockets in the fourth quarter. It was just business as usual. The, the floodgates really opened in the fourth. Well, not the, it didn't really open in the fourth quarter, but like it was raining threes. Like Rashawn Holmes hit a three. Matthew Delvadova hit a three. And uh, yeah, actually, that's about it. But those are guys that don't often like hit threes, I guess. And yeah, it was just it was just the floodgates just opened um, in the second half for the Rockets. And the Kings took care of business. And finally, they go five games above 500. The magical number. They now they go on to face the Spurs the next game, and hopefully they can extend it to six because uh, Spurs not doing so hot right now. They just got the shit kicked out of them by the Warriors, who by by the way never went on the road. So not not a great look for the Spurs. We'll see how that goes. Let, let's go over the game real quick. So what what happened during the game? Well, let, let's talk a little. Well, I, I guess we'll we'll go one by one through, through the scoreboard. So Sabonis, so as I said, nineteen points, sixteen re- or fifteen rebounds and sixteen assists. I actually thought this wasn't a good great game for Sabonis. He didn't shoot very well, for, especially by his standard. You know, six for fourteen, not a bad shooting number by any means, but a lot of missed bunnies and you know just not being able to finish a lot. And then all and then also like just 
he was only credited with two turnovers, but I felt like there were way more in the first half where he just looked like he was out of sync with the team. So what, what I'm trying to say is, even though he got the triple-double, I feel like he just wasn't as, he wasn't like, you know, the best player on the floor type player, I felt, in this game. He was definitely the hub of the offense. He was doing some bonus things. But I just felt not as, not as like, impactful of a game, despite getting that crazy triple-double on them. But, you know, he Sabonis is a bonus. This is what I call a bad game from him. 19 points, 16 assists, and 15 rebounds. Overall, great game for him. He was a DPOG this game. He had some nice vertical contests. Shingun could not really... Shingun, like, whenever Sabonis wasn't on him, you could see he wanted to go to work. And Sabonis really, like, really stymied him. Just... Oh, wow. This piece of gum is getting annoying. Yeah, great pos great podcasting. Sorry. But basically, like Shingun could not he basically can't overpower Sabonis. And he's not really like quick enough to get around him. So he has to rely on like I guess his craft or just maybe like somehow getting position on him because he could not go through him. And you know, his little tricks, his little quirky little moves just didn't work against Sabonis. So I thought he did a really good good job on Shingun, despite Shingun shooting six for nine. But I but I thought he was really good on defense this game, and he deserves the DPOG chain. Um, Harrison Barnes kind of continues his kind of three point barrage. This game five for eight from the three point line for twenty seven points on fourteen shots it was perfect from the line, and also rebounded pretty well too, like seven rebounds. He the, he's getting really hot from that left corner, and I, I don't have it up with me, but like I want to see what he's been shooting from the left corner the past few games, past few games, because it feels like he's automatic from that zone um, currently, and you know we'll see if that continues. He's been really he's been really good lately, and you know he's I, I would, I'm always gonna refrain from calling him uh, Mister Reliable, but like he is he is a vet presence, and like literally it just he's he's. Well, he wasn't great on defense this game. He got torched by Jabari Smith quite a bit, but I just I just feel like he's just a steadying presence. And you know, whenever he can like have a good shooting game, it's an absolute bonus because he he does do a lot. Like he is kind of like that stable veteran wing that guys can't really abuse or very rarely gets abused. Um, and you know, just a guy that's just solid overall. Um, just that steadying veteran presence on the on the floor, along with like Sabonis and everyone else, that you know helps everyone else get going. Uh, Keegan Murray did not have a great game, although like just watching the game, I felt like he was effective for the most part. The issue with him this game was just foul trouble. Just picked up his third foul early, and then picked up his fourth like really early into the second half, and then picked up his fifth early into the fifth, or early in early in the fourth fourth quarter, and only ended up playing twenty minutes. Yeah, just a really unfortunate game from him. And he did have a really nice, um, what's called poster dunk on Jabari, kind of the, a little bit of a receipt from last game where he got pretty brutally dunked on by Jabari. So he got him back on this one on a baseline drive. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, Adam, just an overall solid game. Like when they needed him to go get a bucket, he did. He was really off, like in, in earlier. Like he got, he had five turnovers. There were even parts where like he uncharacteristically just rarely enough went too fast and just was trying to do too much like in the second quarter but once he kind of settled down like after like in his second stint in the second quarter like he started to play in the flow he started to kind of you know play in rhythm and he started to get going 
And also, one thing I really noticed about him, Jalen Green had a good first half, but it wasn't it wasn't because of like you know bad defense. There there were some moments of bad defense, but it wasn't when De'Aaron was on him. When De'Aaron was on Jalen Green, he made Jalen work. He, he was definitely amped up for that for that matchup for sure. And I thought he did a pretty good job on defense this game. So overall, just a really strong, efficient game. Three for five from three, nine for fourteen from the field. Yeah, just being a leader out there. Just, you know, got to cut down. Just got to watch out for the turnovers. It was a sloppy game for the most part in the first quarter. Um, Terrence Davis, he, he got hot this game. Um, he Last game, he wasn't like, he he played his he played his role, I think, I thought, very well. Uh, just, you know, filling in for Kevin Herter. But in this game, like, he kind of was even better than that. He filled in, he filled in his role, played some pretty good defense, and, you know, was able to hit a few threes. Just overall, just really just solid spark plug kind of just you know just a, a reliable hand that you know isn't making too many mistakes and is also kind of making plays out there he had a few he had some really nice like um transition plays where he would set guys up and then he would also like attack like i thought he didn't do any like td td things where like he shoots like these crazy threes at least i felt anyway so yeah overall really good game from him Trey Lyles continues to be really like just active and just really solid presence on the floor. Like plus 23 this game, not even the highest plus minus, but like when he was out there, like he would just, he would just do stuff. Like again, without, he would do stuff without doing too much. Like he would play off of Sabonis. He would play off of De'Aaron and like let other guys create for him. And then like when he's given an opportunity to attack a closeout, he, he finds a way like by either like knocking down the three or he, you know, drives to the rim where he's, you know, very slow and very crafty. Just, again, a guy that's able to produce without doing too much. It's just the perfect mix of things right now. He's been playing really well. Um, who's the next guy I want to quickly talk about? I guess Davion and Malik. I guess we'll lump those two together. I thought Davion was really good on defense this game. He had an incredible block on a Jalen Green step back. Just locked down uh, when he was out there, like, you know, even though like I thought De'Aaron was really good on um on Jalen Green when they stuck Davion on him, like man, it was it, it I don't want to say it was a struggle for Jalen Green, but boy did he make him work. And yeah, just he he's a defensive he is an incredible defensive presence. And weirdly enough, didn't play that much this game because it was like weird the way that um De'Aaron's minutes were staggered and they let and because Terrence was playing well like Terrence got a got a, a bit more run so Davion's minutes got cut into but overall I, just, I thought Davion no matter when he plays always just overall solid just plays his role now he's found his niche you know he's not scoring much as of late at all but like he's just a great he's just a great secret weapon off the bench basically he if the Kings ever do become a good team and hopefully he is still on this team at that point he is gonna he's gonna win the Kings a playoff game one of these games one of these um yeah one of these games Malik Monk was on fire from three four for five from three and yeah just overall just a great spark plug like he had three three straight threes to end the first quarter to kind of get the Kings going and then just throughout the game was just you know was really pesky was you know creating for others and just yeah, overall just kind of did his thing but it's unfortunate he got ejected I thought again I thought it was a bit of a weak one. But, you know, like, I, I was surprised, honestly, that it took this long for him to kind of get into, like, a scuffle with someone. He did have a kind of a scuffle with JTA, like, in preseason. I, I've not been able to find a video of it, but I, I was at that game, and 
it looked like he got into a little bit with JTA. But like, yeah, this is the first. This this marks the first time the Kings have had a honestly this kind of event in Golden One Center. Honestly, there might have been other ones that I might not be thinking of. Maybe probably, they're probably somewhat boogie. But like, yeah, if he real heat a moment in um, Golden One Center tonight. Okay, quickly jump over to the Rockets. Um, okay, let, let's start with Jabari. Jabari, I thought was pretty good. He he kind of looked a little bit like a like a poor man's Jaron Jackson this game. And just he was able to kind of you know sh- you know get some get a little bit of offense going, but nothing crazy. But overall, like you know, he's got a lot of potential. Like the good version, he looked like again he looked like Jaron Jackson for stretches this game, where he would attack Barnes and very little Barnes could do, but just being undersized. Like there were just drives where he would kind of bulldoze to the rim, like for a finish, or he would just. Uh, or he would just like miss and then get the rebound because he's just so big and you know can move and it's long. Like he could he could very well be like Jaron Jackson Jr. Like in the future. That's what that's what I would hope he becomes. But you know, he's got a ways to go. He's show he flashed some good looks this game, like 27 points. And you know, there's flashes of him becoming a very good player down down the line. Um, Shangun, I thought it's just he's just overall really good. Like he plays in the flow, he he plays the right way. He's got to get a little stronger, and that will come with time. But oh, but overall, I thought Shingun is Shingun is good. Uh, I just, I just got to say, I mean, I just remember like the King, like I think Carmichael Dave was the biggest one on this uh, on the Shingun string. But he really wanted the Kings to draft Shingun, and you know, I'm not saying I, I regret they don't they didn't do it, but especially because you got some bonus, which is kind of like the fully evolved version of Shingun. Shingun is really good. He he's gonna he's gonna be like Sabonis. He's gonna be like Sabonis, or he's gonna like probably match or be pretty close to matching what Sabonis is now. But you know, he's young. He's not as strong, but yeah, he he's a good player. Um, Jalen Green had a really good game in the first half. I thought he was still a bit out of control and just going a little too fast, but it worked out for him in the first half. In the second half, he just got he kind of just got he kind of got locked down, honestly. Like just couldn't just couldn't get like the shot to fall, could couldn't really get anything going. But again, like he's he's just gotta learn how to kind of slow down a little bit and just play a little bit more under control. Once he learns how to do that, he's gonna be really dangerous because he's a guy that he's one of those guys you can't really keep in front of. And the like the success he had like in the first half, like he would basically just get a screen and just attack relentlessly. And you know, again, he would get out of control, but like he made stuff happen. Like he would just, you know, shoot. He would take some bullshit shots and make them. But again, the talent is there. He's just got to figure out how to put it together. Um, no one else really stood out to me. So, yeah, that's basically gonna gonna wrap it for the players. All right, one last thing before we kind of close this. Honestly, rather disjointed um, game recap. Sorry, had, had a bit had a bit of drink. Um, so feeling a little woozy, but I'll, I'll try and get through. Um, so last thing I want to talk about um, the uh, article that Sam Amick came out with about the Hawk situation. So it's a just quickly like re- like really short TLDR. Like Nick Wrestler. Um, the son of Tony Wrestler, like R-E-S-S-L-E-R, not wrestler. But basically, he pushed out uh, Travis Schlenk. He's been gaining influence within the organization. And apparently he was like the my main driving force uh, behind the 
um, DeJounte Murray move. Apparently, Travis Lane was not the biggest. He was he wasn't he wasn't against it, quote unquote. But like he definitely was very wary of the price they were paying, which ended up being the three draft picks and a pick swap, and basically four draft picks for DeJounte Murray. Fair or not, whether you want to think that deal is, he was not the he was not that into that deal. And but apparently, um, one guy Landry Fields. Apparently, actually, the Landry Fields I'm thinking of, the one that played with the Knicks uh, during Jeremy Lin's time, like he's part. He's I think the general manager. I believe I forgot what the title was. Actually, I have the plate. I have the article here. Let me just go check. It's not the most important thing. I just want to get. I just want to get this one right. He's the general manager, yes. So Landry Fields is a general manager, but Nick Ressler is the kind of the guy running things behind the scenes. He's technically the director of business and basketball operations. Uh, just one of those kinds of titles. Like, what the fuck does that title even mean? But anyways, basically, he is the guy that's been uh, gaining influence behind the scenes, Nick Ressler. And yeah, he kind of essentially pushed uh, Travis Slank uh, out. Now, so the the official story, I guess you, you could call it, is that Travis Slank is now in an advisory role. But apparently league sources say that, yeah, he's basically been exiled from the team and is free to go to any other team he wants. Take with that what you want. <laughs> but basically, the guy, the guy that kind of put this team together uh, basically isn't there anymore. Um, so, yeah, uh, th- that's basically kind of the mess that's going on. Like, the, the, the front office is just in disarray, and it, it's kind of, like, leaked to the John Collins situation. John Collins, like, at least from what I've read, is kind of a Travis Schlank guy. Like, Travis Schlank was the guy, I think, that drafted him, gave him, gave him that contract, and... You know, with him gone, there's just a lot of uncertainty in it. It's kind, and it's kind of like seeped into kind of John Collins's play. Now, John Collins, I think, has a has a finger injury. He he's not been like healthy, I don't think, but basically he he's not been playing well, basically. And you cannot tell me that you know the trade rumors isn't getting to him. Like when we played when we played against the Hawks in Atlanta, he was terrible, and. You know, like I think, I think he's a good player, and uh, and the reason why I kind of bring up this article and why I keep bringing up uh, John Collins, John Collins's uh, price tag has actually decreased quite a bit. Apparently, apparently in certain scenarios, whatever that means is that they're just asking for a quality player, not even a first rounder. Like they don't even care about that. They just want something back for um, John Collins. This is interesting. Now, do I still want John Collins? Kind of. If the price isn't too crazy, I definitely would consider it. Now, whatever they mean by quality player, I assume, like, you know, let, you know let's be realistic. Like, if the Kings were to make a move, it probably would include a Harrison Barnes. Like, that would probably fill in quality player. I don't think you can fleece them into, like, giving them, you know, say, Terrence Davis and Alex Len and, you know, maybe Trey Lyles or something. You're, that, you're just not going to get away with that. Or, like, you know, adding in Rashawn Holmes. I don't know why they would need Rashawn Holmes, for example. So, like, 
you know, he's an interesting player for the Kings for the Kings to consider. Now, of course, like he he's definitely a four. You're definitely not going to play him at the three. If you trade Harrison Barnes, you basically have to move uh, Keegan Murray to the three, which he could be. Like I think he's been actually been overall pretty solid as a defender. Like he he gets he gets a little bit lost in the team framework, but you know, let's be honest, everyone gets lost in the team framework. And you know he's a bit slower foot, so I don't know if he can guard all the threes. But I think he's a very solid defender for the most part, even even in his rookie year. And John Collins, while not very good on defense, like he's a dog. And I I watched him during that playoff run where they made it to the um, conference finals. Like this guy, like not being a good defender, he made so many plays in that Philly series that you know won them the game. Like hustle plays, got rebounds. And, you know, defended, like, got blocks when they needed it. He's a guy that's definitely plays with an edge. And, you know, despite the kind of the reputation, I think he I think he would fit well with the Kings. And then offensively, I think he can fit well. Like, he, he can shoot. He's not a great shooter. I think for the past few years, he's, like, upper 30s. This year, he's, like, in the 20s, which is that's a bit concerning. But, again, the trade rumors has to be bothering him. Like, a new change of scenery will probably do wonders for him. Like, Sacramento, I think, would be great for him. And, you know, he he's a he's a lob threat. He's an overall just a good, a very good offensive player. And he definitely in the in that conference final had what I had a lot of what I call fuck you shots where, you know, the like I remember very vividly, like there was one play against the Bucks where PJ Tucker is doing his PJ Tucker stuff, just being a brick of a human and just, you know, not letting John Collins do anything with his hands all up, trying to pressure him. And John Collins just hits a shot to, in his in his face in the mid post. Like just the kinds of fuck you shots that, you know, killers and stars hit. And, and I don't think he's really a star, but he's a damn good player. And if the price is just Harrison Barnes, or, you know, Harrison Barnes and maybe, like, I think uh, James Ham said, you can revisit that draft pick that we gave to them, that protected draft pick. Like, you can make it just like an unprotected 2024 pick, for example, and just get rid of the protections. You know what? Like, if it's just Harrison Barnes and a pick, I would heavily consider that. Would I do it? Look, if you can't get Harrison to sign an extension, I, I would just get John Collins. Like, have, move Keegan Murray to the three. And you know, get whatever scraps you can, and just try and try and maybe get a Cam Reddish as a as a backup plan if that if that's the case. Like, I think that would be one of the best case scenarios. Like John Collins doesn't fix doesn't fix your defense by any means, but hey, that's a that's more talent. That's another guy that you know within that kind of age range of kind of your team. And you know, I think he's a good player. Like, if it is just Harrison Barnes and a pick, go for it. Uh, like, honestly, I would. I would 100% do that deal at this point. So just the thought, even though Harrison has been really good lately, and it would be really unfortunate if we had to trade him. But if he's not willing to sign an extension, look, like at that at a certain point, you have to just you have to probably just get something for him and not let him walk for nothing. Like that, that would be a pretty that would be a pretty big disaster. Even though again, I like I love Harrison. I thought he I thought he's gotten an unfair rap for over the past few years. From, from a certain subset of the fan base. Like, I sure, you know, it probably, Kings would probably have been better off just trading him years ago to just get assets. But, you know, if you, if the Kings were ever, ever thinking about becoming a winning team, you need a guy like Harrison. And, you know, a lot, there's a reason why still a lot of teams want Harrison on their team. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, 
like we'll see what what the plan is or what what's going on beforehand the 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 hawks are a mess right now and yeah like it's not a great sign when a pretty decent to good general manager gets ousted by the owner's son who may or may not be an idiot <laughs> like and then you have like the rest of the general the the rest of the front office very inexperienced landry fields is 34 years old no Oh, yeah, he's 34 years old. Nick Ressler is 27 years old. Like, sure, maybe, like, these guys start young. Maybe they're just young geniuses. Usually not the case. These guys are inexperienced. And, again, just, like, the the nep- like when nepotism wins over like this, not the greatest of signs for, like, a functioning front office. And, you know, say, say what you want about, like, the Kings passing on Luka Doncic. Everyone... Except the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies didn't have a chance to pick him. But, like, the you know, the, the Suns passed on him. You know, they turned out fine because Aiden's a decent enough player and they traded for Chris Paul. But, like, you know, the trade for – the tr- trading trading Luka for Trey Young and essentially what became Cam Reddish, that's a bit of a disaster of a trade as well because Luka is uh, – Luka is better, is, is uh, you know, another le- – is an entire level better. And, you know – and like Cam Reddish ended up not working out. So at this point, they've kind of lost that trade. And I don't know if trade trade's a guy you want to deal with. I, I like hearing Sam Amick said, like, the you know, if you take a if you take like a hand, just a count of like whose fault do you think it is, Trey's or Nate McMillan's with players in the locker room? You, and like you might end up with people supporting Nate McMillan more than they support Trey Young. That is uh, that is damning about you know how rough it is how rough it can be playing with Trey Young. I'll just say that. Like I watched the Laker game the other day, and like call Luca ball hog all you want. That dude trusts his teammates, and they continue to disappoint him. And then he's just gonna put his hard hat on and do it himself. I don't feel he was he's like a selfish player. And granted, like watching Trey Young, I don't feel like he's like totally a selfish player. He's a brilliant basketball player. But, you know, just, like, the complaints that you hear from, like, you know, the, the locker room, like, the rumors of, like, kind of just dis, dis, discontent, discontentness. Or how, is that a word? But, like, the the, the murmurs of just dis, discontent, of be, like, players being discontent in the locker room with Trey Young. There's smoke. There's smoke. There's there's fire where that – there's wherever there's smoke, there's fire. Jesus Christ. Why, why did it take me so hard? Yeah, sorry. Had a few, had a few too many drinks. <laughs> but – yeah, wherever where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's something there with Trey Young. And let's see if this thing is kind of you know is sustainable like going forward. Because yeah, that that aforementioned uh, Eastern Conference run, like they overachieved, like it probably wasn't real, and like they probably weren't as good as they thought they were. Which you know be- you know comes back comes back and begs the question: like, do I want John Collins? Like, do I really want to like judge John Collins by that playoff run as well? I don't know. I see a dog. Like that that's a kill. I see a dog and you know, he's a good player and you know, he definitely would add to like the talent like pool of, of Sacramento and yeah, it, it again, if it is just Harrison and a pick, I, I would do it. Okay, that's all I have for this episode. Um Fong will probably be back in two episodes, I hope. I actually I need I need to text him about this, but yeah, for yeah, so you know, you'll you'll probably listen to me come to you after the Spurs game on when is it? What day is today? 
So it would be two days from now. So it'll be on a Saturday. It'll be on a Sunday. So okay. So that so you know Sunday night game. You know just hopefully they end the weekend for us. Um, end the weekend for us on a happy note. I mean Grant. I mean they won. They won on Friday today, and that's a good thing. So. Yeah, uh, stay safe out there, guys. Uh, happy Martin Luther King Day on Monday. Hopefully, you guys get the day off. Um, yeah, so thank you guys for listening to this one. I'll catch you guys back on the next one.